Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. Our guest this week is Tim Baltus, or to many, Timbo from Kino on Instagram. He's known as a funny man, but a big reason why his shtick works is because he's a monster player as well. We break down the top five drumming moments that shaped his style, and in true form, Tim is authentic and blazes his own trail with his picks, which aren't the traditional choices. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tim Baltus and appreciate how hard it is to say the word traditional. One of the many things I love about you is your emphasis on authenticity. It's not only good for your brand, it's good for your brain. And um, I struggle with this, especially in this podcast, because, I mean, I haven't recorded the intro for this show yet, but I, I guarantee it's probably going to be just like always about 15 or 20 different attempts before I <laughs> finally get one that sounds like myself. And then I, you know, listen to the months prior and I'm like, I just sound so radio showy and robotic. Uh, but in the moment, I feel, you know, like it's me. But how do you or how did you figure out what is authentically Tim? That's a tough question. That's a good question. I don't think I've had that one before. But I mean, really, woo! woo! you know, <laughs> really what it comes down to is how do I've always navigated the world authentically. You know, when I was 10 years old, I started going to punk shows. And I started dressing the way I wanted to, uh, listening to the music I wanted to. And, you know, it was just whether it was the visual presentation of wearing, you know, Hot Topic clearance and, you know, colored Dickies shorts and and checkered van shoes or uh, living living life the way I want to to live it. um, That's that's come so naturally, Uh, especially the last few years. You know, I've gone through chronic illness. Um, uh, I colloquially say that uh, I broke my balls. And, and they don't function anymore. So I don't, I don't make testosterone. And, and so the same way a diabetic has to shoot up uh, insulin, I have to shoot up te- uh, testosterone for the rest of my life. And for a while, uh, it was pretty dicey. Uh, we thought that I might die from this thing that we had because it was, uh, we thought it was something else. Uh, you know, when you come to terms with uh, your mortality, whether um, you know, that's by, by choice or not, it really teaches you that you have one, you got one shot at this. And so with this one shot, if I want to play drums and, uh, you know, scream into the void like a madman, then that's what I'm going to do because I love it. People love it. uh, And especially during times like these with the funny content I put out, I think that we need to laugh. Um, Everyone needs a laugh right now. And so if that's something I can provide, uh, whether it's just to drummers, uh, but I also know that it goes that whole families consume my content, couples consume my content. So it's not just that I'm providing a laugh, but that I'm bringing people together. And that's just like, it's so special that my silly, stupid videos can do something like that. Well, and I will say, and I'm sure you've heard this a lot, but I'm going to tell you one more time. It is an inspiration because you do, you have talked about your illness in your feed and you intertwine that with the comedy, which also, it's in a way makes the comedy mean more it does mean a lot to a lot of people me me including so thank you well i appreciate that that's so that's so nice like (laughs) seriously you know it's 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 just nice to hear that that it does mean something to people so yeah thank you very much 
Yeah, man, well, I mean that. And how do the drums become something that you're like, I'm good at this, to then be like, this is going to be the foundation of everything that now I can be myself mm -hmm. and it's, it's going to help me extend to like be the goofy Tim that it, you know, inspires people. There was never a question. You know, I think comedy's always been a part of it. You know, even in the early videos, when, when we could first start posting 60-second videos, I was posting, you know, there was always a comical element, whether I would play, like, Wipeout and I'd be making a goofy face, or I would, like, be bathing in a pile of drumsticks, or, you know, there were all of these silly videos. Even, you know, the, the video that really put me on the map in the first place was where I cut a PB&J sandwich with a Zildjian symbol. And so the comedy's always been there. I think now, um, especially the last uh, four weeks, I've really been starting to pump it. And I think that really came from I had a video go viral two weeks ago. I did that metric modulation video where I'm just basically making fun of the Well, not poking fun at poking fun at the whole trend of playing over that Tears for Fears song. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw that, you know, I got like... <laughs> Three oh three hundred and fifty thousand views and like seven thousand likes and a thousand comments and in the last two weeks I've gotten like four thousand new followers. It's just so stupid. Like it's so <laughs> stupid, and it's just like oh, okay, you know. And and you know, yeah. Do the unfollows go up? Oh yeah, sure. But the way I look at it is like. If you're here for me, you're going to be here for the drumming and you're going to be here for the ridiculous stuff, too. And I don't I don't want people who are around for one or the other. I want people who are around for for me, me as I am. Again, it just comes back to authenticity. I don't care if you don't like me. There's plenty of other guys and gals you can watch play drums on Instagram. It doesn't have to be me. And that's OK, too. Yeah, it seems like your page for you is like a therapy session. I mean, it's just like that's <laughs> it's so much fun to watch. I'm just like, I wish I had the ability to a know who I am as an artist or know who I am as an individual that just wants to express myself. Yeah, I'm 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 envious, but you've obviously earned all that. I mean, you've created this whole community of, of goofballs and I love it. <laughs> it's it, it is definitely a community of goofballs and I'm thankful for every single one of them, including you, dude. <laughs> um so going back to your drumming, I mean, again, you are a monster player. So you were invited to play the Revival 10th anniversary um, kind of celebration. So how did you get intertwined with Jose and the crew? Because Revival Drum Shop is, at least to this audience of one, kind of one of the um, examples of, of the resurgence of the cool vintage drum shop. I mean, really, this kind of ties into some of the clips that we're going to be talking about later. So, you know, I don't know if we want to go straight there or not, but I guess the beginnings really started with, um, at the time, uh, in 2016, I think it was 2016, uh, Joe from Wood and Weather Drum Shop out on the East Coast co-owned mm -hmm. that shop um, with Brian Cowdy, uh, who's a, another drummer from that area. And uh, they called me up and said, hey... Um, our girlfriends don't want to go with us out to Portland to stay at Jose's for a, a long weekend. Will you Will you be our girlfriend for the weekend? And I said, like, yeah, sure. And so I'd known Jose through Instagram. And what was so nice is we were able to turn this internet acquaintanceship into, like, a full-fledged friendship. And so in the last, you know, four or five years, that's really what happened. We had a lot of uh, great talks that long weekend, and I've always been there to... Um, you know, bounce off ideas off of off of him, and he's bounced ideas off of me. Um, 
Jake has also been just such a, a key player in my corner. Uh, I stayed at his house for like weeks in 2019 when I was uh, living out that way, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Um, Carrie, you know, I hung out with him and had dinner with him and his partner. And, you know, it's just like that whole shop is just an extension of my Instagram community, the Instagram drum community. And so something I preach a lot is that um, it's cool to have these interactions on Instagram uh, whether it's DMs, comments, you know, uh, collaborations or whatever, but I think it's so much more important to turn those internet interactions into real friendships and connections because it, that's what it's about. That's what life is about: people and experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, for all the you know for the fact that I was deaf after Nam this last year, twenty twenty. <laughs> The, my favorite part about it was that I probably met two or three hundred people that I talk to with Big Fat Snare Drum all the time mm. and actually shake their hands and have like, you know, two or three minute interaction with them. That was, yeah, it's, <laughs> I went into it thinking it's going to be awkward because I, we've talked so much, but it was actually this very easy thing and it was, it was great. Nam's another moment I'm going to talk about too. So this is this all right. Is well, perfect. Let's, let's just let's stop. Get, let's <laughs> let's just... dive right in, man. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So it's called the Big Fat Five. So I had you send me five clips, five uh, moments that kind of shaped who you are as a player in the story of of Tim Baltus. So let's just go to the first one. And I've heard you talk about this drummer before, but the first song is uh, the first song you heard by the Weaker Thans. Let me uh, let me play it right now. Yeah, so which which song was that? Oh, so that's uh, Aside. And that song, okay. even though this is a live video, which I picked, uh, I heard the original studio version first, which was on a Hopelessly Devoted to You comp, uh, the Hopeless Records compilation. Yeah. And, and the reason I picked this is because Jason is a... He's like the first drummer I heard who made me want to play drums. Uh, you know, here's a guy who played in this band, and I grew up with the music of that band. So as it kind of started off with this sort of punky vibe, they went to more of an alt-country, folky, indie rock kind of vibe over time. And I grew up in that same way. I wanted to go from being this you know, 10, 11, 12-year-old punk kid to being a, <laughs> a grown-up. And so it was it, that music was perfect for me. And and as this kind of relationship with the music went forward, I started to post on Instagram and sure enough, Jason started following me at one point. So I shot him a really nice message. We connected and actually he was touring through Milwaukee with um Bahamas. And so I picked him up at the venue uh the first thing, and here's why I picked that live video, is we went up on stage to look at his stuff. That same kit in the Weaker Thans video he had with Bahamas. And he's like, hey, you want to sit down and uh, hit it for a minute? And I was just like, ah, 
you know so like yeah i hit it you know it was just like so cool and and we went out and it was just amazing we spent a whole day together uh went to music go round which is my favorite uh used shop up in milwaukee um and he bought a pioneer that day a ludwig pioneer vintage snare played it with bahamas that evening uh and we went antiquing and hit up a food truck and 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 you know i'm it was just like two buddies just like hanging out when it's in reality it's like me and my hero my childhood hero and it was just like such a treat you know here's a guy who has more than any other drummer influenced my voice on the instrument and now he's someone i can call an acquaintance you know he's someone i've literally hung out with it's just uh so that's that song you know in this band just means more to me than any other music i've ever experienced I mean, what you described sounds like just the perfect day in general, regardless of who you're with. And so doing it with your hero, that's amazing. Uh, it, was, it was just crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, everyone. I wanted to share some exciting news that the latest season of the podcast Food on Tour has just begun. Touring drummer and good buddy of mine, Mike Robinson, who plays with Oliver Tree. He's covered a few gigs for me with Cannons. He's also played with K-Flay, Delwater Gap, Blame My Youth, and many more. He dives into mouthwatering conversations with professional musicians and artists to uncover their most cherished bars and restaurants to frequent on tour, from hidden gems to five-star meals at iconic establishments around the world. Fans of food, music, and travel can look forward to new episodes every Monday. So download Food on Tour wherever you listen to your podcasts and give Mike a, a, a sup for me. What a horrible way to end this. Cheers. Hey, y'all. I wanted to... <laughs> I can't say. I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by 5.5 snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston actually, this is why it's called the ocean patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his, his you know, where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through. The episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum. And it was, it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at BigFatSnareDrum.com just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve 6 tour, and I didn't keep it, and I regretted it ever since then, just because I was trying to pinch pennies at the time, and I just kept thinking about it, and so the opportunity to get it again was presented, and it is one of my favorite drums. So the Ocean Patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, check it out, reach out to me, go to Vessel Drum Co., the Instagram's just at Vessel Drum Co. and check it out. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Sounds great. Bye. And as we were listening to that, I was talking about how they're pushing and pulling 
uh, going back into like more of a, a subdued part. And he goes back. I mean, like probably two or three BPM, and it's very it's, it's very apparent. Um, and then I was trying to think of another band that did that does that. And we couldn't. I just edited out forty five minutes of me looking at my phone. But um, what about his playing specifically? Just the maturity of it, because in, in that clip, he's just holding it down for the most part, filling bet- between transitions. But what did you specifically pull from him from like the technical aspect? Sure. And so for me, what it is, is the musicality. So much of what I try to pull is musicality from other drummers and musicians. Um, so when I listen to that music, not only am I pulling rhythmically from the way that Jason simply holds it down, um, in some songs, I also pull from the fact that he's using found sounds. So he'll use, you know, he'll be tapping on a beer bottle with a little metal rod. Or I know, like in his garage, he has this giant old set of uh, like church bell things, and like you know, whatever he can find, he's going to use it when he finds the the right recording for it. Um, and there's humanity in his playing. I love that. But then also there is the, the musical side of pulling from John K. Sampson, the singer's uh, rhythmic patterns and the way that he sings and the way that he plays guitars and the way that this whole band arranges these songs. So as much as it's about Jason, it's about the whole band. I try to pull my drumming, uh, kind of, I guess you could say, rhythmic taste from music. I don't try to be... Uh, so much a drummer as I try to be uh, a musician. So I, I guess that's kind of that's that is what it is right there. <laughs> it is that. that. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to bring up the fact like I'm not sure if you've ever experienced this. I'm sure you have. But uh, when you get off stage and you're playing, you know, with one of your bands and people walk up and they think it's a nice thing. They're like, you did amazing. Great job for you. And you know what they're saying is that I'm not the biggest fan of the band, but I would always prefer that no one compliments me personally and they go, dude, that whole thing was amazing. It means Um, so much more, right? Because it is about the music. It's about the team effort, the camaraderie between you and your bandmates um, and this thing that you put out in the world. And so, yeah, you know, as much as it's nice to have someone come up and say, hey, you know, you did great tonight. It is so much more rewarding to have someone to come up and say, wow, that was insane. The whole thing, you know, oh, that just that is you know, it gives you goose goosebumps, I think, sometimes here and that. Yeah. And I've this this last week, um, I've been playing along to Imagine by John Lennon, which is mostly Alan White on the drums. Every part is perfect, but it's also so for the song. And it's hard for me to go like the entire song and actually play exactly what he did. As a drummer, when you listen to it, you're like, oh, that's perfect, don't do anything else. But when you're doing, when you're actually playing along to it, it's so hard to actually play what's written. Um, and it's it's a it's a good challenge to do. Oh, that album's, yeah. Oh, it's like, cause, um, for me, and it sounds like for you too, it's like I would always want to be more of a Jim Keltner than any showboater in the world. Because as much as I um, favor the technical skills that I have, uh, you know, whether it's chops this, that, or the other, it's not just, it's never just about me, whether it's a recorded or a live situation, it's about, for me, the music. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, up there with me, it's uh, Jim Gordon, Levon Helm, oh, all yeah. those all those guys. All right, let's move on to number two, which is, um, oh my God, I haven't heard this man in so long, I'm stoked. And you will know us by the Trail of Dead, Will You Smile Again?
you know what I really love about this song is you know, so I first heard this when I was 15 or 16 and I got hooked on the whole record. It came out in 2005. And so what I really love about it is there's two drummers on the record and there's percussion and so you have drum set, you have timpani and symphonic cymbals and this that and the other and it adds to this whole ambiance of the record because it's just it's uh, from front to back it's one of those pieces that you would listen to as one piece of music the album as one piece of music and so that was really really special and and, and the punk rock spirit of, of the whole thing really pumped me up in the beginning um but you know here 15 16 years later i'm 31 now and the maturity of these compositions the little things that I've never heard before still captivate me. Um, and so what it taught me is is really that I can create music with attitude, but it can still be as mature as this music, as this particular Trail of Dead record, Worlds Apart. You know, I can always be me, and I can play crazy parts where it's warranted, but if I root myself in uh, musicality, again, like that's where I always aim to be more of a Keltner than anyone else. And so... Having those roots, even though I have the other skills, ensure that I can create music more than I can create uh, a Chops video or a Chops piece. And that's really, you know, another thing that I learned from from this record in particular. I will say, too, because lately that you've been on your Instagram have doing uh, at least the ones that I've seen lately with like the, like the red background, you've been doing the you playing the the drums with the song and then the black and white you swipe over and it's just the isolated drum part and it's it's cool to see to kind of going off what you're saying when you're looking at you playing it in the song in a weird way it almost it seems busier and like more intricate when you're listening to the song you're like this this, this whole thing seems so cool because it, it works and then you swipe over and you're like oh he's actually doing a lot less when you isolate the drums than what you think you're doing you know what i mean so in a weird way it it, it it tricks you into thinking you're busier when you actually just hold it down and you're solid and and to be fair when i'm on instagram you know i still do some chops that i would not do in a studio situation because it's instagram and uh i, I need to have views and followers right otherwise you know i'm just going to be singing to myself or playing to myself but you yeah. know really which is not bad it's not a bad thing no i mean because literally a part of my regime is literally all these videos i make are me practicing. I hit record every time I practice. And so you're literally just seeing me doing what I do every day, whether a camera's on or not. So, you know, is, is it still probably busier than I might do? Like, I'm not going to play, you know, an Alkaline Trio song, uh, you know, verbatim like Kellenberger did. Um, but like, uh, I am going to play a lot of those parts the way he played them with that little bit of spice, you know, and we'll talk about, you know, kind of chops in their place later too. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's funny how the more you sit back in a tune, like whatever it is, if it's this trail of dead tune, if it's an alkaline trio tune, if it's, uh, you know, I don't know, rancid or whatever else, you know, a glasper tune, you know, whatever part of the musical spectrum you're on, you're contending with all of these other instruments in a mix, and so yeah, I might just be I might just be hitting two and four, and you know, in a simple little rock groove or whatever. But it feels full, not only because of the way that I composed that part or the way that it was composed originally, but then this extends to another point, which is is production, and so I think that 
you know, when you bring in room mics or auxiliary mics or these sorts of things and processing, now you're able to make something simple sound so much more big and full and appropriate within a, a, a production like uh, standpoint, you know? Yeah, it just just do do less, but be more impactful with what you do. And uh, you can trick people into think you're doing way more crazy things than you actually are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with the show. But I wanted to take a second to talk about Waves Audio. This podcast would take me so much longer to edit if it wasn't for the Waves Vocal Writer plugin. It rides the fader in real time and keeps both my and my guest's audio at a consistent level without the need to overcompress. I also use an endless amount of their plugins for my musical recordings, such as Abbey Road Saturator, CLA Drums, the SSL channel, and many more. We're an affiliate member, so if this show has brought you any sort of value, the next time you purchase any Waves plugins, please use the link via the show notes. You directly support the show and little old me. All right, now back to the five ways to color in uh, inside the lines. Bye. All right, so number three, dude. Do you want to talk about those guys anymore? No, no, no. Let's let's rock and roll because we're gonna get right into uh, into the the chop block right now. Here we go. Yes. Oh my gosh, Eric Moore from the 2003 Guitar Center Drum Off, R.I.P. Guitar Center Drum Off. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, yeah, let's just look at that. Yes, I definitely see a lot of that specific clip in your playing. Uh, a lot of the ghost notes blazing around the kit. It's it's great. And I mean, really, is is you know, I saw this when YouTube was like first a thing. I was so fortunate to grow up when when we had a resource like that. Uh, I, I really didn't you know know about Drummer's World or any of these other things that were out on the internet. And so when this stuff hit YouTube, it was like wow. And so I learned from it. I've taken half a dozen drum lessons in 15 16 years and all of it was really to do with technique it wasn't about you know chops or stickings or anything else and so you know really for me this was the first this video with eric moore was the first time i saw anyone doing anything like modern gospel chops and so i wanted to figure out how i apply that to at the time when i was drumming uh, i was playing hardcore and then into metalcore and you know, death metal, death core, that stuff. And so it's like, how do I apply this? Well, years after I saw this video, I actually, I went to a, a hardcore show where Jay Weinberg was, uh, who was playing with Slipknot now, he was playing with Madball uh, on a vintage Rogers kit, which I assume was his dad, which dad's, which it was hilarious. And then on the same bill, Eric Moore was playing with Suicidal Tendencies. So when I saw that, 
I mean, I, I knew it was him. You know, he's uh, you, you have to recognize him the second you see a big DW kit and this guy just towering over it, shredding. And and so Eric, in that context, he made those gospel chops just sound great and appropriate. And this is in a live setting that was anything but gospel. You know, it was thrashy, punky, hardcore from you know Southern California. And it was just so cool. It was amazing. And, and this really drove home that in a performance setting, much more than any recording setting, you know, even I could use gospel chops appropriately. And so when we go back to discussing what my videos look like, it's like, yeah, I'm going to throw a chop in there in the beginning or once or twice in the middle or, you know, throughout if I'm going to kind of, but if it's appropriate, right? Yeah. And and is it appropriate in an Instagram context? Yeah, I, th- I think it, it is more than anywhere else. And mm-hmm. uh, it shows what I can do. And then if I get hired... Uh, I'm not going to play that way generally unless someone asks me, like, hey, do do that thing. That's what I want. So that's why that video was so important to me. Sure. I mean, and you even have, you kind of poke fun at, uh, again, with what some of your most recent videos on this is how an Instagram drummer would play insert famous iconic song. And uh, <laughs> we're aware that this is ridiculous you know, but at the same time, that's the kind of stuff that gets people into drumming. So while you can have, I mean, this is for a whole nother episode, but there's a lot of people on soapboxes now uh, disregarding drummers that are gaining a social media presence and kind of using the flashy stuff to get. It's like, yeah, but I don't know. Those people aren't going to take your gigs. Those people are going to get more people into drums. And the way you incorporate comedy, it just makes people feel good about sitting behind a drum set because they're like, well, he doesn't take it seriously, but he also is very good at his craft. So let's just have fun with it while also improving. Um, I don't know what the hell my point was, but I was just, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to say that it's all about having fun and stop being so judgy of what people are doing and have fun with it. And I, and I think that that's part of the problem of the community community too, especially online, is that so many people take this so seriously. Um, and I would like to comment, you know, like I see players like David Cola, who I've, I've met, he's a great guy. And that guy can chop his butt off. He's he's incredible, incredible player, but he can groove too. And that's why he worked. He was a cruise uh, musician for a long time and uh, and, and has, t- I think he's toured now too. That's what he was trying to get into out in L.A. And, and he's able to do that, whether he needs to hold back when he's playing like, you know, I don't know, some 80s ballad or if he needs to, you know, play something crazy with some sort of pop act out in L.A. He has the skills and the know-how to sit back or to play crazy. And there's a lot of these drummers like this. You know, Madden Class is another one that I like to talk about. Just rips. Incredible player. She is so good. And not only... Can, does she have these, you know, these technical skills? But she knows how to sit back so hard in the pocket where it just feels so good. I mean, what a player! What a player! Her bass drum uh, timing, and it's so. And I, I know I overuse this in the podcast so much, but the nuances in her right foot—it's always just slightly behind, and it just feels so good. Madden has been on the show, and she's talked about technique and her process of, of practicing, and it was. One of my favorite episodes because I was just an audience member. I was like, "You just keep talking," and I'm happy I'm recording this for other people. But like, this is, yeah, she's 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 great. Yeah. Well, listen, we're we're doing speed round here, so let's rock and roll on to number <laughs> yes. four. All right. Uh, so yeah, it's a snapshot of my winter Nam 2019 experience. This is a 40-inch bass drum. This doubles as my new bedroom. I'm moving in 
California. Listen, Nam was such a crazy experience, <laughs> it, and it's always a crazy experience. Like you said, when yeah. you went to winter 2020, but like that 2019 experience in Anaheim was, uh, it was the second time I'd been to Nam, but really the first time I'd been there since I had kind of done anything online or any work uh, that was notable. And so it was really nice as I was staying in a house uh, with Joe from Wood and Weather, uh, Scott and Nate from Tackle Instrument, and then uh, the dudes from uh, Low Boy Beaters uh, and some other guys from some, some different guitar shops. So it was really cool to have this little community even within the house that we were renting. But when we were at NAM, Scott McPherson, uh, owner of Tackle Instrument, he's played drums with like Elliot Smith and a ton of other big names. Scott paraded me around NAM. And what was so crazy is everyone knew who I was. We went up to, my favorite one was uh, Udo Masshoff, who's head of Meinl in the U.S. And, uh, and you know, Scott's like, uh, oh, you know, this is my friend, my friend Tim. And, uh, and Udo's like looking at me really hard and, and he says, ah, you are the funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's just so cool that like you know especially at that time uh you know even then i only had like ten thousand followers on instagram and so it just really taught me that like i have so much more reach you know i was walking out day one when it was just like industry folks and um uh, I, this this guy just whoo, careens around me running and he has like a crew of people it looked like with him and he stops dead in his tracks, turns around and gets in my face. And he says, oh, hey, man, how's it going? I'm like, hey, what's going on? What you doing here? And it was Mike Johnston. So Mike Johnston's <laughs> happy to see me. And it was just like, even if I have this low follower count, like I was making an impression on the whole community, professionals, kids, everyone in between. I was doing something worthwhile that people were noticing, even when I felt like I, I wasn't. And, you know, that kind of really made me feel empowered to continue pushing forward with the drumming stuff on the Internet as a way to further my career, whether it's like befriending some of these people um, or if it's uh, finding gigs or just simply branching out to kind of root myself as a member of that community. So, you know, maybe it's not so much about the technical playing or anything, but I think, you know, this sort of... Uh, it was it was a career changing moment for me, just showing that what I did had impact. Well, and you bring up a good perspective, and the we the reason why I'm sure that those interactions of people coming up to you and and pointing you out feel better than someone who. My point is because you are authentic. <laughs> They're coming up to you because they've seen you online. That's the extension of who Tim is as a person. It's not the people, and I'm not dogging anyone, but like someone who is putting out this altered version of themselves. Like they quantize their drum covers or they do something or they're, they're not themselves. Those followers and those people that give you accolades aren't going to feel as as good. I think it'll catch up. Like it's always going to catch up with you sooner or later. Um, you know, there's uh, there's been so many cases of that in in history. Of you know, look at freaking Millie Vanilli. Okay, you know <laughs> whether it's a, a and in any industry it catches up, and so or it's going to burn you out. And then what do you do after that? You know, to to mm -hmm. perform twenty four seven as someone who you're not. That's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 It's uh, 
And that's why it's just so much easier to, you know, for me, it's, um, you know, part of me is being a performer. You know, when I'm doing those crazy videos, you don't hear me on this show screaming hello or, uh, you know, burning my vocal cords out because that's that's a performance. And is it a part of me? Yes, it is authentically a part of me, but it's a part of me that I'm going to be for maybe 15, 20 minutes a week. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 not me all the time. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting thinking about that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, if it's if it's not you at all, and you're just going to perform like the the you know kind of the the brand I think of is like uh, the super serious Instagram drummer uh, who yeah you, we all know him right you know yeah. all these sorts of folks. Um, but if that's going to be you all the time, uh, it's yeah no thank you I can't do that. The number five is a snippet of my performance of Revival Drum Shop's 10th anniversary party in early 2019. So I'm happy we did bring this up, and yeah. it'll be a good tie-in to something uh, later I was going to ask before. So, all right, let's play it. right there it's like here's this super short clip of just me doing a part of a two or three minute solo i did but the backstory on this whole thing is you know when i was planning uh leaving my corporate job in early 2019 uh, i talked to jose because he is a mentor to me and he's a he's a very dear friend and Mm -hmm. and so he he knew it was coming and he asked me he said do you want to play this 10th anniversary thing and uh obviously i'm gonna say yeah right yeah yeah. and so uh this show i played alongside uh johnny nekratz who's one of portland's best drummers uh adam morford who makes the morph beats stuff uh mark Mark juliana obviously you know phenomenal drummer played on bowie's last record matt chamberlain uh one of my favorite drummers of all time particularly because of his work um that wallflowers record bringing down the horse and uh fred armazen uh you know the funny guy who plays drums closed out the show tall order for you know little old me from kenosha (laughs) wisconsin to come out and and open this thing but you know, basically, I wrote this. I'm a writer by trade, and so I wrote a really nice little speech, did that, and played a little solo. So I I did that little video, you know, that solo in the video there, and I get off the stage, and and Johnny Nekratz is going up. So there's there's still some you know heavy hitters out in the crowd, and so Mark Juliana he comes up to me and he's like, "Hey man, that was just like so beautiful," and I'm just like in my mind I'm just like, "Oh my god!" Like it was just like <laughs> incredible. And so yeah. you know, then I'm walking further and. Uh, uh, I see Matt Chamberlain and he's, you know, giving me a look. So I went over and he's like, Hey man, like, uh, you can really play. And I'm just like dying. I'm literally just melting inside. It was incredible. But it like that experience of not just those two dudes recognizing me, which was incredible in and of itself, but that combined with having done it successfully and having performed in an overpacked venue with like 450 people. Drummers too. <laughs> drummers, yeah, drummers yeah. all watching me drum. Yeah. You know, and I did it, you know, and um 
it was just uh it just made me feel like i was i was doing what i needed to do in life i was doing the thing i had needed to do with my life and so you know uh my partner cam said once music has to come from somewhere and i think you know what they mean by that is like music comes from people and experiences and so really this culminates uh you know through like all the clips that we've shown today not only is it just the music of the weaker thans that really helped propel me as a drummer but it's that experience of spending time with jason watching him touch a drum kit watching him pick drums and tune drums he bought he bought that snare drum the day of and he's tuning it and cranking it in front of me and doing things with it all of these little things the conversations we had the conversations i've had with jose uh you know having dinner with mark juliana and matt chamberlain and the gang you know it's these experiences acquaintanceships friendships connections these are the things that really just uh drive me to be a drummer and that really drive me to be a better drummer and musician so you know whether it's uh any of these things it's a, a rich life requires rich experiences so like for all these experiences i've had in the drum world i'm just uh i'm just so thankful i think that 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 sums it up i mean i i was gonna loosely ask about your story you've told about matt chamberlain and mark juliana how you were you kind of felt like you were the fanboy with matt but then you <laughs> but then mark was like freaking out with chamberlain oh that was funny yeah and it's cool that it's okay to be a dork like obviously don't you know bombard your heroes but it's okay to just tell them you that they they, they, they mean a lot to you and it's you know even the greats do well, it and that's what it is you know, it's, it's uh, you know, and there was a <laughs> part of my day with Jason. I was just pinching myself, right? You know, it's here's me with my hero. And it's okay, you know, if you're cool. It's okay if you're nerding out a little bit. All Whatever you're feeling, like, feelings are valid. I think we all, we need to say that. Whatever you feel in any situation is valid because you're feeling it. I love that. And so if Mark Juliana... While we're eating, I don't even know what the heck we were eating. I think Italian food or something that night. So, you know, if you're chowing on pasta and and you're Mark Juliana and you feel like you need to be like, oh my God, Matt Chamberlain, you know, like that's cool, like that's fine if that's how you feel. And it's, but it was just, it's funny because I think what it was more than anything is it's humanizing. You know, it's like okay, if if this guy who's considered one of the best drummers on the planet can geek out about another one of the best drummers on the planet it's okay for me to geek out about being with all of these best drummers <laughs> on the planet in the same room eating the same pasta like that's okay yeah did you analyze mark juliana's uh um like chopstick technique if you guys are ever <laughs> if you ever go out to chinese no, place or <laughs> listen i'm buying sushi next time i see him i'm buying sushi mark you can count on that <laughs> <laughs> all right well tim thank you so much for taking the time man um i know the audience enjoyed this one so uh have a great day and hopefully i'll get to meet you in person soon man yeah one day cheers all right and that's the show be sure to subscribe and if you're listening on a platform that allows for ratings or reviews do that it helps more people find the show, which means the show will get better and bigger, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'd be an OG listener that could brag to all your friends. Um, anyways, also, why don't you go ahead and check out BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all the socials. Just search for at BigFatSnareDrum and you will find it. 
This show is edited in part using Isotope RX-8 audio editor. It's amazing. So go check that out at isotope.com. Bye.